Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. Today, we're talking about what gets measured gets done. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 62. Today, we are talking about things that get measured, often get done, and what are the things that you should be paying attention to in your business, whether it's online or offline. We have been head deep in measuring stuff for ourselves and our clients, and we thought today we're going to share it around with you. So, Heather Porter, you are all the way from Sydney, Australia. Hello. That would be me. Hello, hello, Andrew, and hello, everybody. Welcome back. Before we even get stuck into it, I just wanted to do a couple of quick little shout outs. We were speaking of measuring, looking at our listeners to our show and where they are from all over the world. And I thought it was really cool that we have loads of Texans and people from New York listening to us in the US. Isn't that cool? You're not only in the US, but I'll tell you what was surprising to me was that we have a bunch of people from Germany. Hello, yes. Germany. If I knew my German, I'd give it a crack, but you really don't want me to butcher your language. <laughs> Italy. Uh, Spain, and I think um, Holland was another big one. So hello to everybody in those countries. It's awesome to have you. We are so glad that you are listening from wherever you are in those countries. It's uh, it's awesome. We're in 72 countries. Um, wow. 72 countries around the globe listening. So if you are one of those people in one of those countries, <laughs> you probably are. Hello and welcome. No, it's the coolest thing ever. I love it. I know, and so, and if the, if you're not, well, we're still going to pretend you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks, you guys, for your support. It's, it's great. Um, now, yeah, measuring. Look, we, as Andrew was saying, we've been uh, our heads are deep in measuring for lots of reasons, which we'll bring up. But before we do that, there's a question. Um, what did I learn? Well, you know, yeah, I'll, try, I'll, I'll kick it off because it it actually goes hand in hand with. Um, what uh, what we're talking about today and mm. it's part of the reason why we sort of come up with this podcast because um, I learned some stuff and as you did too but I'm gonna I'm gonna claim it as my own um, <laughs> we're doing a little launch of a, a small product that we created and we just wanted to test a few things and it's a pretty cheap product it's a seven dollar product and we have tested things like this before but just on their own and this time we decided to put an upsell on the other end of this product. And it wasn't a lot of upsell, it was another $27. But what we're finding was that um, a massive percentage, I'm talking 90% or so, bought the upsell. Amazing. And, and, you know, ordinarily we would have just given the $7 product and said, hey, that's pretty cool. But all these people bought the upsell and we're like, wow, this is really, we, we've been meet, leaving money on the table. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that I hear all the time, um, especially from pretty astute marketers who say, you know, you've got to have an upsell, you've got to have an upsell. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and you know, we've tested this before and it's worked, but it just goes to show that I don't think we'll ever not do an upsell again. 
from now on because it's one of those things that hey people want it if they want it they want to buy it give them the opportunity to do that so i learned that this week was all about making sure you remember the good stuff and and um, implement it in your business very very cool i know i was pretty shocked too amazed and happy about the whole the whole learning and just seeing it unfold and um one little trick on that is that what we we gave a video training and then we basically were upselling a live training with andrew and i um to actually walk through what we were doing in the video training so ni- a nice natural progression it's like if you're giving something to somebody how else can you help them out um and you can use that as an upsell Yes, yes. Now, what did you learn this week? Give us a, give us a rundown of what you learned. Sure. I was reading really, uh, some interesting articles just on, I guess, more of the child side of the internet. And I know in the news yesterday, there's a news story that broke that there was this horrible um, pedophilia ring that's been exposed in America. There's thousands of people that are putting, you know, kids of pictures of kids and sharing them from the age range of 13 to 15 and got me thinking, you know what? how could kids protect themselves better online? Because when you use search engines like Google and you're going onto different websites, um, there's these things called cookies that are dropped onto your computer. And that's how when you travel around the internet, different websites know what sorts of ads to dish up. Uh, They keep data on you, on your whole journey of wherever you go. And it ultimately starts with a search in Google. So I came across a really cool uh, search engine called DuckDuckGo. Like, remember that old children's game, Duck, Duck, uh-huh, Go? Duck, uh-huh. Goose, actually, was called. DuckDuckGo.com. Yeah. And it basically um, is a – it protects, if, especially as a child, it's a search engine that does not track you and your, like, your IP address, your demographics, and your movements throughout the internet. So it's just a, a cool little tool I stumbled across that potentially for kids and for those of us that are scared about our protection and privacy online could use – to find things online, pretty cool. Hmm. So, uh, so do you think that would be a good site for schools and stuff like that if they were, yeah, uh, internet marketing stuff? Yeah, and anyone that's yeah. got, yeah, minors or young people that they're trying to educate or let them use things. That's a great idea, actually. And you can set it as your homepage on your computer in your house. So if you have a family home, you can set it as a homepage and just say to, all, to your kids every time you're looking for stuff, you know, for reports or whatever, go ahead and start there. That's where you start. So would that browser, just <laughs> ask you a crazy question, would that browser have a history in it? Could you, could you go back to your history of that browser? From what I looked, no. It's, it's all very safe. That's what I'm thinking. It's untrackable. That's, that's what I'm thinking. You wouldn't be able to have a history, or you know, you no. close you close the tab and it's like, what was that page? You, you've lost it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah. So, so if you if you're anything like me, don't you don't use it because I use that history button all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, and I'm cool about my data getting out there. You know, it's whatever. It's what it is. So, but um, yeah, for those that are more protective, it's a potential tool. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now basically talking about measuring, the reason why we've thought of this, um, obviously we're doing a lot of it right now, but I, I think it's a cool topic because one of our clients not too long ago, I said to them, you know, or they said to me, we want to have a weekly report. And I said, what would you like to see on that report? And there was crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Honestly, they didn't know. It's like that whole thing of you don't know what you don't know, especially if you're newer to online marketing. You oftentimes don't even know what's available to you to look at. That's hilarious. Then, oh, I get a lot. I get a lot. Yeah. like, we need a report. We need a report. Quickly, quickly. Okay, here it is. It's a blank page. Yes. And what did That's you what want? You wanted. Did, did you want? What did you want? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And the thing, but the thing is, too, it got to that point of, okay, would you like to see your email statistics? So, um, therefore, how many were sent out? How many were opened and clicked? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, great. So, and we also like to see what happened as a result of the email. What do you mean? You know, did people buy something? Did they book into something? Oh, oh, really? You could track that? <laughs> but, but seriously, in all seriousness, what we've put together now is quite a, an intricate, helpful little tool that they now refer to, not only them, but other people we've been using, um, and we're starting it up or I guess using more of it in our own business. So we thought we should just kind of have a candid ch- talk about, I guess, what people don't know is available to them and also some easy things that you can look at to start to track what's going on. Yeah, and and, and we're not going to get into too much of the how to go and do these or how to go and find yeah. these because we've done we've done podcasts on this before and a lot of that is still very relevant. So it, although the internet changes a lot, our podcast series that we did, um, and you might be able to tell me what numbers they were, H, because I can't remember off the top of my head, but we did a series on different optimizations and how to grow your business using analytics and that sort of thing. So it's well worth going back and checking that out uh, if you want to find out how to use these um, specifically, but today I think we, we were just going to talk about why you want to do that. What, why? Yeah. Is some, what, what are some of the things that you can get out of looking at these various um, bits and pieces of data that you've got available to you? Yeah, and just to know that they even exist in the first place. Mm. And there might be some little tweaks that you can do as a result of listening to this episode uh, to start to actually measure what we're going to suggest to you, which is cool. And Andrew, by the way, that uh, those episodes, they start with episode number 19. And if you go to our website, autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast, there is a yellow little banner on the right-hand side that says, learn to love your stats. And if you click on it, you'll have a few podcasts on that page that are us actually walking you through the how-tos of what we're going to talk about. Why, God, we are so organized. That's amazing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so let's start with um, emails. Let's let's have a chat around um, what, what can or the why of tracking emails. Yeah, yeah, and okay, good. With an email, all email tools that you use to send out marketing emails other than Outlook – you know, your your own internal email tools. We're talking marketing tools like MailChimp, um, Entreporter, Office Autopilot, Infusionsoft, Aweber, those. They all have statistics. And so a really good habit to build is every time you send an email, go and have a look at how many were delivered, what, um, you know, your undeliverable rate is, opt-out rate, click-through rate. Start to get friendly with your numbers to start to see if there's, you know, trends or ups and downs or what's actually happening. And of course, this is a really good chance to see which emails are most popular. Let me ask you a question. When do you do mm. that? Do you like to hit the send button and go and look at the statistics no. or should you wait a couple of I days? What, what's what's the general time frame you, you like to use? Yeah, I like to use it twice. So I'll go in generally if it's an email that's sent out in the evening, I'll, I'll check it in the morning, but I'll definitely wait a couple de- a couple of hours in the afternoon uh, if I send it in the afternoon or morning. So a couple of hours after the next morning, and then I wait sort of another 12 hours and I'll have a look at that point. I find that the majority of people will open an email within sort of that 20-hour range. Okay, so let's let's break this down a little bit. So I've, I've sent out an email to a list. Let's say just for argument's sake and, and ease 
degrees of mathematics here. There's a hundred, <laughs> there's a hundred people on my list. Yep. Um, and I know that each list will be different and it'll, it'll depend, but there must be, there's an, there's an industry or a, or a generic accepted standard of how many people would open my email. So I'm looking at my open rate and I see a figure. What figure would be a good figure for me to be looking at saying, hey, I'm happy with that sort of figure? For the open rate? Yes. It, and yes, it does totally depend on the industry. So if you're more in like financial services or real estate, um, or even some types of seminars, you're going to have on the, you're going to be on the lower end. So we're talking like eighteen percent, twenty percent. The higher range is non not for non profits or non what do you call it? not not for profit businesses. Not for profit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or art or music. Those oh. are the higher end and more creative. Those are upwards of about thirty uh-huh. percent. This is the going rate across all you know um, types of businesses in these industries. Uh-huh. So general small business products or services sit right in the middle. So if you're getting around twenty twenty five percent, it's really good. So that's one in every four people on my list will yeah. open my email. That's so not doesn't matter how good my copy is inside the email there's only one in every four person people opening my email that's right wow so 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 when we talk about how do we fix that sort of problem how do we get more people to open your email rate you either i guess you've got to test your (laughs) test your subject headings to really attract people to open it or engage with your customers a lot better so that, because you know, I was talking to someone recently who they they have an open rate of sixty five percent, and mm. I'm like, wow, how how much time do you spend with your customer? And they said, well, we spend a lot of time. I make sure that I'm really personalizing everything, and and it's you know it's paying off because six out of ten people now are opening their emails, which is a lot better than four out of ten. Oh, sorry, two sorry two out of ten. Oh, yeah, four out of ten. So <laughs> I can't do my maths. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's um, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? So I guess the rule of thumb around that is that if you don't even know what's happening, then you have no idea. First of all, which are your most popular emails and what people are actually liking. Mm. Um, I've seen a lot of people just put emails out and just keep doing the same thing over and over again without ever even caring about the results. And so looking at that as an industry, like a benchmark, and then if you can go above that, then you know you're doing something right. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, So that's the first thing. Now, the second thing to look at is your list growth. So is your email list actually growing or is it shrinking? So obviously, your email list is going to shrink naturally over time because you're going to have people opting out. But the big thing that people fail to look at is they freak out about, oh, my God, I have all these opt-outs. But are you also looking at your growth? So to know what's happening with the growth is to look at your opt-ins, where the different opt-in forms are across all of your different web properties Mm -hmm. and how many people are actually coming in. And then you can compare that across your opt-out rate. So so opt-outs are people that don't want to hear from you anymore. They've said, you know, I've had enough. Get me out of here. That's right. And your opt-ins, again, if you're using an email program like a MailChimp, you'll have forms in these and those are the forms you stick on your website. And you have what's called list growth or basically when people are signing up and they're going into an email list of yours, you can track that every week. You can see how many people are coming into your list. So, of course, as a business, you always want your list to grow. So you're looking at 
Okay. I always want to keep my growth ahead of the opt-outs, knowing that you're going to get opt-outs and that's totally normal. So how are you going to grow your list? And that's why, you know, you and I talk a lot about where do you put your opt-in forms? How do you use landing pages? Where do you send people or or I guess like what social media accounts? How do you talk about your opt-ins and get people to those pages to opt-in? It's so important to be focusing on your opt-in and your list growth in addition to sending out your ongoing emails. Yeah, I like what you said too about um, don't take it personally because, you know, yeah. sometimes oh, I know when I start, I'm like, oh, that person knocked it out. What Did I upset them? Are they okay? Are they ever going to talk to me again? People, people do all the time. It's not a big deal. Um, but what I, what I was going to add was extremely important and it is this. You know, as your business grows and over, over time, let's say you've had a business for two or three years, what yeah. you were offering two or three years ago may be a little bit different than what you're offering now. Your services have you know, grown and evolved. Um, and sometimes when you offer something new, uh, people that were signing up for your information two or three years ago are thinking it's not relevant. Or they may have even changed their their requirements too. You know, They may have been in a, a job or a position where they wanted your knowledge. They may have moved on to a different, uh, a different place. They've still got the same email address. Um, they, there is no need for your information anymore, so they opt out. So it's not a, mm. not a personal thing. It's just sometimes it's just the way that their life has evolved and your business has evolved. So don't take it a pers- as a personal attack, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just expect it. Be happy with it because that means that you're, you're keeping a list that is responsive yep. you know, and fresh. And, and yeah. you know, and, and, and on top of that, the more people that stay on your list, the more responsive that will get, you know, that 20% opt-in or the 25% opt-in, that will start getting higher as you get better quality people on your list too. Yeah, exactly. Now, the next thing of this, so we talked about, you know, your ongoing email communications and those stats. We've also talked about looking at your list and making sure it's growing and comparing the two. But then, of course, it's important to look at the results, you know, the results of your marketing. So the Uh ROI sort of figure, which a lot of people will say, give me the ROI. Uh So that is, if you send out an email, does the person become a client or take the next action, whatever that action is that you want them to take. Uh So that could be buying a product that could be signing up for a coaching session that could be getting another free report. So this is the conversion and you want to be looking at what is happening for that. And I actually report that as a separate area or separate um, tab in your spreadsheet or however you want to look at it. And there's different ways of doing that. So the, the key thing with this is going forward in your business, making sure that those links that you put in your emails are trackable in some way, shape or form. So you know that if person A over here gets the email, they click on the link and they go sign up and they're on suddenly another list and they've gotten, say, your free ebook from that email. Do you know and can you track that person A did that because of the the email that you sent out? Mm -hmm. Or are you just randomly going, oh, cool, I have more ebook subscribers in this list, but you have no idea where they came from. Mm -hmm. So again, we're talking about how, uh, I guess the bigger picture, the why, not the how. Most most programs that you're going to be using will have some sort of way of tracking these links. And if you're currently not doing this, this is the this is the pain point. This is the thing when I was saying to that client, what do you want in your report? And then I said, let's also track, you know, what's going on with your emails. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what a concept. Yeah, really. But they just didn't know it could actually be done and that they could analyze their data in this way. So if you're not tracking that yet, you need to be and you need to find out how. Uh, and I'm betting that they're not the only people out there who didn't know about this stuff. You know, there, is, there is a lot of people out there who just don't know 
what they don't know, as you said at the start of the show. They're, yeah, they're just looking at list growth or, or in, in independent ways rather than looking at it holistically and what's happening inside of your, your list. Yes. Yes. All right. So what else? <laughs> what else? What else you got on there? What, what else? Some of that. Okay. So we're kind of we've talked about you know the emails and the list and all that stuff. But what about bigger picture on um your like your keywords and your website and your traffic? Mm-hmm. So traffic's a big part, of course, building your list. And where is that coming from? So I guess there's two types of traffic that I look at. And one is your social media and your insights over there. But you're also looking at your website itself mm-hmm. using analytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's start with social media. What are some of the things, I guess, that you and I are looking at when, when we look in our social media accounts? Um, are we talking in terms of traffic or the actual traffic from social media or you want to talk about traffic inside your social media platforms? Both, I guess. Yeah, okay. both. Is- well, I guess look, let's look at the social media platforms. A lot of them um, will have some sort of analytics attached to it. Facebook yeah. does. Uh, LinkedIn has a little bit of analytics. Not a lot, but has a little bit. Um, Twitter, there's a whole bunch of third-party apps that you can use for analytics for that as well. Uh, YouTube certainly has a lot of analytics. Google Plus has analytics connected to it as well. And Google Analytics itself is connected to Google Plus. So there's a whole range of different tools that you can use out there. What was one of the biggest things? Let's talk about Facebook because um, Facebook's the biggest, still the biggest platform out there. But Facebook, you know, one of the biggest measurement aspects of Facebook was, oh, I've got all these likes on my page. Whoopie-doo. At the end of the day, likes weren't, were, were a good thing for a little while, but then people could realize they could buy likes, they could get them all uh, manufactured sort of thing. Yeah. So the biggest um, engagement right now, sorry, the biggest, <laughs> I just gave it away, the, the biggest factor on uh, Facebook is engagement. How engaged are your people on your on your page? Are they are they sharing, commenting and liking your, your posts? And if they're doing that, um, then they're going to be engaged and Facebook look at that and say, hey, these people are engaged. That means other people might like the same content as well. So as far as um, organic growth goes, you want to be looking at what your engagement factors are on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. We just did a past episode on Twitter tools as well. We recommend you go check that out because we talked about how to you know, do some Twitter um, analytics in there and some of the tools that you can use for that. Uh, and as far as... YouTube, like when I look in YouTube, I just like to go into Video Manager. Um, so you log into your YouTube account, go into Video Manager, and you can see in one place down a list of all your videos and what how many views you're getting. So in, on a one-page snapshot, you can see what your most popular videos are. Yeah, and you know what? Um, one of the good one of the good little tools that's uh, available on the an, an, uh, analytics for YouTube is the how many minutes were watched. On your videos, um, it tells you how long people are watching your videos yes, for, yeah. um, and it also gives you an indication of how long people are watching a specific video. So if you're doing a little video that goes for three minutes, and at some for some reason there's a massive drop off after one minute twenty, you can go back to that video and look at what happens at one minute twenty that I lose everybody. Do, you know, does the sound quality disappear? Is there a blank space on the video, or is, is there something that just really offends people um, at that one minute twenty mark? And you can go back and look at that and then really think, well, how do I change that and fix that up so you can rectify that sort of situation? So it's some really good analytics you can use to do that sort of thing. Yeah. So look, I mean, I think it's important to, even if you, you're not going to get in the habit of doing this every week or even every day, to, to make it a point to do this once a month where you kind of sit down on your Saturday, you have your cup of coffee in the morning and you go, cool, I'm going to go into my social media accounts and check out what's going on. Because mm. this, of course, is where you figure out what to do more of. Obviously, you're if you're 
like one video has five views and one has 500, you wouldn't keep doing the topic with the five. Hmm. So it's just knowing and being smart to the fact that all these platforms have these measurables in them and you can go check them out and really use them. Yeah. Um, then let's talk about, I guess, traffic on your website. Mm-hmm. And again, look, Google Analytics is the most well-known tool that's out there and it's it's pretty easy to use. I mean, I'll tell you the three things I like to look at and I'd be curious to see if you agree, Andrew, but mm-hmm. I like to look at, of course, um, the homepage to see just the general overview in analytics of the website. So looking at like the, the graph that they provide for traffic up and going up and down, because you can see which days of the week even mm-hmm. is where your traffic comes from. Yes. So for me, I, I would say, okay, so if it's Monday, that what else can I do on a Monday? Can I do my blogs on a Monday? Can I, is there something I could do on my website to benefit from that? Uh Maybe there's a special that I offer every Monday. So look at it like that. Um, I like to go down into the, so in analytics, there's a menu in there and and I like to go down to behavior and under there, there's something called site content and then also um, landing pages and just, you guys can Google this easy, just go in analytics, how to find landing pages. But what a landing page is, is it's telling me where people are finding my site so I think it's incredibly important. You actually can see the, the pages in your site people are landing, and you can start to work out why that's happening. So is there specific blogs that people are favoring, specific topics? Are they, you know, how are they finding your site? Uh-huh. And then the last thing I like to look at is keywords as well. So there's a keywords area in there for um, – they still are showing some keywords, so you can get an idea of, of what I was about to, I was about to say, um, are you going to be seeing them for long? Because I know that they're about to – Sort of uh, hide those and, and reduce the amount of those pretty rapidly. Soon, yeah, and right? they already are. But I'm still seeing them. So I guess as soon as, as, as the time you're listening to this, you can still see them mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but you're right. So that's how I use it. What about you? Are there other things that you look for whenever you go into it? Yeah, I look at um, a couple of things. I look at the bounce rate. I, I like to know yeah. if um, people are getting to my site and then bouncing off it like do they look anywhere else or they just leave? Yeah. Because if you've got a large, really high bounce rate, like say 90%, it means 90% of the people that go there go, oh, I'm in the wrong place. Now, what does that mean? It could mean that um, some of your information that comes up in Google search could be misleading. People are looking for a specific topic. They, they get taken to a page and they're like, oh, this is not what I'm looking for. And then they're out of there, which affects your bounce rate. Um, the other thing I like to look at is their time on site. How long do people spend on my site? Have I got stuff there that's keeping them there? Um, are there videos there that people are watching? Are there images or are there, is there articles that they're reading which lets them stay on my site? Is there other information that they may want to look at? that keeps them there. So I like to, I like to look at my time on site. Um, One thing I do want to add, um, and you said go and look, do a Google search for Google analytics. Google analytics have their own YouTube channel and they have playlists for beginners and experts and all sorts of things. Um, Really, really good quality video. So go and check them out. If you want to get into analytics, it's almost an entire course in itself for free on YouTube and they've got it so you can watch one after the other. So it's um, Google Analytics. Check that out on their YouTube channel. It's really, really cool. That is a really good piece of advice right there because that's going to help anybody start to think from a, a, a numbers perspective a little bit more. So that's good. Um, yes. The, the next thing I like to look at is, um, and I know we're starting to get close to the end here, but is then what happens for follow-up? So we've we're talk, you know, we talked about ROI or I guess conversions and what happens past the point when they have you have a conversion, whether that's an opt-in or is that somebody that signs up for a product, then what? Are you tracking what happens next? So uh-huh. that could be 
Do you have tasks that go to your team? Do they do phone calls? And are you doing a reporting system with that team member to see what happens next? Do you have um, some sort of follow-up program that's happening behind the scenes? And if so, how many of those emails are being open? Uh-huh. So it's more just looking at what am I currently doing to people that actually take action with me to to support them, to have customer service and have that next step. So in the case of this report, one of the things um, when I'm, I'm thinking of a, for one of our clients, they have a funnel. And in that funnel, there's a point in that funnel where an autoresponder email goes out to invite the person to an event. So the system that they have is actually um, Entreport or Office Autopilot. And it has a task in it. A lot of bigger systems have you do this. What happens is that you can trigger a email to go out to a particular person on the team to say, um, person A just got the event invite email, follow them up. Uh-huh. And then you can actually send them the data of that person. And then that salesperson on the team gets that in their in- inbox. It's a task. And then they know at that point, cool, this person just got this email. They have a copy of the email in front of them. And they can then call the person and refer directly to the email that the person got. Uh. So we have reporting on that. So the head of marketing gets a list of all the people that um, have come in and, and her sales team, ha- you know, who's been alerted during that week. So she can then go to the sales team and say, hey, guys, how did it all go? Can you tell me the updates on all these people? Up until a month ago, she would have not ever even known to do this with her sales team. Yeah, really. It makes it so easy for her, doesn't it? Ah, it's right there. It's all right there and everyone's on the same page now and, and now everything with the systems in their business are tightening as a result of it. Yeah, and do one, one question I like to ask some of our, mm. our clients is that you know, what's the lifetime value of a customer? Yeah. yeah and you know, so many people don't understand what that is or know what that means. Um, and not only do they not know what it means, they don't even know why they don't, they don't even know why they should know. You know? <laughs> and so I'll give you an example. I was talking to um, a lady who sells cupcakes recently. And I said to her, you know, what's the lifetime value of a customer? Because we were talking about opt-ins and how she should be building a database. You know, she she goes to these local fairs and she sells her cupcakes at a stand. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, you know, I'm not getting – I don't get many people on my website. And I said, well, what, you know, why, why aren't you uh, collecting names and addresses at the fair? And she said, well, you know, I, I, I just see, you know, people walking past and I try and give them some free cupcakes and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's break this down just for a little second right now. What's the, what's the lifetime value of a customer? She said, she said, I don't know. I said, well, if, if I was a customer and I was going to come back and buy some cupcakes over and over again, how much money would I spend per year? And she said, oh, probably $50. I'm like, okay, that's that's a little amount, but okay, let's let's say it's fifty dollars. I said, and you've got all of these people walking past your stand. Now, if you were to collect a hundred people's names and addresses while you're standing at the stand, because she's got foot traffic, like physical traffic, and this yeah. is this is where the bridge comes in, where so many businesses have physical foot traffic, whether they're restaurants or you know servicing people, where they're connecting with them all the time, or they're at networking events and that sort of thing. You know, she. She said, I said, if you get 100 people in your in, in your list there and you emailed out to, the, let's say they're all new because they're walking past your stand, they're not on your list, they've never bought from you, you get 100 people on that list and you send out an email and let's say, and we use the figures that you, you talked about today, let's say 20% of those people that walk past open an email from you next week. How many people, Twenty. what's 20% of 100 people? She said 20. I said, okay, great. Mm. And let's say just 10 people of those, oh, sorry, let's say 10% of those people become a customer, just 10% of that 20. How many is that? It's two people. 
Yeah. And she's like, okay. I said, so what's the lifetime value of those two people added together? She said, $100. I said, so therefore, you're looking at every person that signs up to your list is worth $1 to you. She's like, <laughs> oh, okay. I said, so now next time you sit at a fair and you watch all these people walk past, count the dollars. Count the dollars that are walking past. Every time someone walks past you, and if you can get them to sign up, just know that that could be a dollar for you coming into your bank account. And she's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, that's the problem. People don't see that. They don't see – I mean, you don't don't look at people as money all the time. <laughs> but, understand, but understand what that is worth to you. Because they're signing up for a free report, don't just think it's just a name. Put a dollar value to it and say, wow, this person could be worth a dollar to me down the track. I love that. That is such a good – I remember when you brought me up, you have formulas for that and everything too, and you were showing me your spreadsheet. I thought that is the, that is such a cool thing because it was even new to me at that time as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it makes sense. Like when you, when you break it down to a simple little exercise like that, they go, ah, oh, and, it, and it dawns on them that, you know, I've been looking at people and I'm just thinking they're wasting my time. But yeah. then um, you stick a little dollar head, dollar sign on their heads as they walk past, all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm working hard to get some extra dollars here. You know, so. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Now, there's one more thing I, I guess that I want to say quickly about the reports that I think is important is that if you're a company and you have JV partners or affiliates, then you should also be aware of what they're doing. So two easy things on that. You can easily use Google Analytics. Uh, if you have affiliate links, you can use Google Analytics and go into the landing pages mm. and see which of your JV partners is promoting you because it'll show you the URL of the landing page that people come in on. Mm. So every single week you, do, you can do a report and you can reward your your biggest referrals. So you don't need to have expensive affiliates tracking software. No, not at all. The affiliate software is you what you need to give them a link. But mm. to actually see if they're doing their job and they're sending traffic, you can just use analytics on that one. Wow. Um, which is, again, it allows you to build your tribe of referral partners because you're really knowing who are the ones you should pay attention to and reward. Mm. So that's something you can look at um, as well as just emails that are going out to your affiliate partners. You, you'd want to track that separately to see, are they also opening them? Are, are they responding to you? How are they engaging with the marketing materials that you send to them as part of the program? Yes. So um, just a whole other thing to be thinking of because a lot of times the whole JV structure is just, it's just left on the side and you think once you give somebody an affiliate link, that's it. Hopefully they'll go promote. But you oh, can actually... That's, a, that's the hardest thing ever. You'll <laughs> Yeah. That's the biggest mistake you'll get is thinking that even your friends, even your parents, your brother and your sister will go and promote like heck for you. They won't. And you can no. quickly see who is and who isn't um, using those sort of tools. That's Absolutely. great. So those are the things, I guess, for me that I, I look at from a perspective of every business owner should know big picture what's going on in all those areas. Yeah, good. That's awesome. Well, I think it's a pretty good rundown. I, I know we've gone over a little bit of time today, but you know, I think that's uh, there's some good clarity coming out of that little mm. session today h i agree so important this stuff and it's so much the stuff that people just go i don't want to hear it i'm out of here it's overwhelming my head's frying <laughs> but and, you know I, I did i did an interview yesterday with a guy who's a coach uh he coaches sort of experts all over the world and um he uh and you know, i asked him what was the what's the best piece of advice and he said as much as you may hate numbers you've got to treat them as your best friend because that gives you the indication of where your business is going 
Um, and I so believe that, you know, it's one of those things that's just thought, wow, it's so apt. So, yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, if people want to find out more, where can they go? Where can they get the resources? And... What else do they need to know? Guys, we'd love you to pop on by iTunes, actually. If you haven't left us a review there yet, this is how we know if we're doing our job right by you. Um, any comments, any reviews that you can leave for us on iTunes, we have a cool little tool where we can read them from all over the world. So we'd love to hear you there. And also autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. That's where we have our show notes and resources and past episodes. And if you haven't grabbed your survival guide yet, definitely want to make sure and get that. So you go to AYB Guide. Com. I want to see a review from somebody in Italy, and I want to see someone in Germany. I want to see them. I want, to, I want them to tell us what they were doing when they listened to this podcast. I want to. I want to hear them cooking pizza, pasta. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> and if you're not, just make it up. <laughs> All right. All right. See you later, everybody. Cool. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to AYBpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelt securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.